Hey, Stay Paid listeners, welcome to a bonus episode of Stay Paid that we are calling Deep Dives. We get to speak with a lot of professionals in kind of niche areas of marketing and sales. In this episode, we speak with Deirdre Van Nest of Crazy Good Talks, and she really goes over how to speak in public. Yeah, public speaking. This episode is incredible because public speaking is a skill set. If you don't have this skill set, Listen to this episode, pull out your pen and paper, take notes. She's going to teach you not only how to present and some of the tips that she uses to engage the audience, but even how do you close because that's the ultimate thing you're trying to do when you're presenting in front of people. So if you're a real estate agent, you have listing presentations, you're a financial advisor, you're going to be doing seminars. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper. You guys are going to love this episode. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. You know what's funny is my dad is, and, and maybe this you know starts the show, my dad's a pastor. I think I've heard him swear one time under I, his breath. It's amazing. I've never heard my I think, parents. I, and I'm not even positive about it, word. but I think I heard him swear one time under his breath. Jess, Jesse back there running the cameras is like, it oh, took, wow, I, I'm not saying you swear every day. but <laughs> It took me until like I was 16 to hear another adult, like another parent swear. Yeah. It was always it like, was, dang it. It was son of a gun and monkeys. Was, yeah. <laughs> like I used to say fudge all the time fudge. instead of the F word. Oh, fudge. Man, fudge. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, that voice that you're hearing is our guest today. Her name is Deirdre Van Nest. She is a top-rated international keynoter, trainer, and create and creator. I almost said crazy creator. Crazy creator. That's actually a great Maybe title. a little bit. We, we might find out. We might find out. There yeah. might be a little crazy creation going There's on. There's a little crazy in everybody, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. But she is the creator yeah. of the Crazy Good Talks Blueprint, a system that has taught thousands of financial professionals, real estate agents, business leaders, sales pros, and experts how to cut through the noise, bring in business faster, and impact more lives using the power of speaking, which is what we're going to get into today. Look, public speaking is a skill that everybody needs to have. And more than just public speaking, it's it's really how you present yourself. Your words mean something. You know, we were just talking yeah. about swear words, right? Yeah. But you, your words mean something. They have impact and your words cause people to feel emotion, which causes them to do what? Take action. And so I'm excited to get into this topic of public speaking because so many people fear it so much in their life. Yeah. It's like if you ask them to speak in public, I think like, Jerry Seinfeld has the joke that most people would rather uh, be in the coffin at a funeral than yes. give the eulogy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's yes. the truth. But I want you to share with the audience kind of who you are, how you got into coaching people on public speaking, yeah. the, the story of your life. I know you said that you were you had your real estate license at one point, you're a real estate investor. Now you coach financial advisors on how to do public speaking. So if you could kind yep. of share the 30,000 foot view of how you ended up here today. I used to be one of those people that was scared to death of public speaking, mm. like absolutely terrified. And people don't believe that when they see me on stage or hear me speak, but I like to share that because I want you to know if I can do this, you can do this and you can do it scared. And it actually doesn't take confidence to be a great speaker. You know what it takes? Courage. Mm. 
And I think that's really true about anything in life. It doesn't take confidence to be successful at anything in life. I mean, confidence is nice. I like having confidence, right? It's, but that's sort of the icing on the cake, the cherry on top. It takes courage. Mm. And so I want to encourage you if you're listening and you're thinking, oh, this is you know, a great subject. Boy, I just wish I was one of those people that could do this. You can. You absolutely can. You just have to be willing to do it. And then you've got to, you've got to learn a formula and a system so that you're actually good when you do it. That's powerful. Um, my, my, yeah. What, what, what do you want to say, Luke? Oh, I something? just said that was powerful. Yeah. I was just giving an yeah. amen. See, I told you guys I'm the son of a pastor. I just give a hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, for me, my, really my relationship with public speaking, I would say started in the ninth grade when my acting teacher, Mr. Smith, one um, morning in September, this was my, my first year in, in high school. I was super excited to go to high school because we had a great theater program and I had been acting since the fourth grade and I usually got pretty good roles. And my, my crowning role came the year prior when I was cast in Scrooge, Scrooge, <laughs> eighth grade musical of a Christmas Carol. Which role, and which role in Scrooge? I, I, I was Scrooge. You were Scrooge. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> And this is way before women were taken seriously and can play a male role. So what made that role so sweet is I beat all the girls who tried out and four boys. Nice. Wow. So, yeah. So that might have been one of my, that might have been one of my best moments. You know how they say life goes downhill like after high school? Or I think all of us, is, I think <laughs> in ninth, ninth grade for all of us has one small yeah, the like, eighth best grade moment. Play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... So I, I go into ninth grade and I'm super confident in my acting ability. Like, I, I, I think I'm good and blah, blah, blah. And Mr. Smith says, Deirdre, Jennifer, come up here and read this scene. Right? So I jump up and I'm all excited. And I go to the front of the room and, and Jennifer and I, we read the scene. And after we're done, he looks at Jennifer. And he says, Jennifer, well done. You could be the next Meryl Streep. Now, were you guys alive in the 80s? I don't know if you were. Yes, we were both. I, I was I, born I, in the 80s. Luke was alive okay. shorter in the 80s. I was, I was born right. like the tail, tail end of the 80s. But, okay. but I might well, get the reference. I don't know. <laughs> well, Meryl Streep, I mean, Meryl Streep is still arguably one of the best actors of all times. Would you not agree? I mean, mm. but in the 80s, she was just emerging. So she was the it girl. I mean, there was just nobody better for her. So for her to get that compliment was unreal. So... What I what I didn't mention was that I beat Jennifer for the role in Scrooge. Right. So when he tells her she could be the next Meryl Streep, what do you think I'm thinking? Whew, you're the next Bette Midler. I don't know. Was... Right, right. <laughs> Did I get exactly. the reference? Did I get the reference? Josh, great like, job, man. Who on earth is he going to say I can be, right? So I'm looking at him, and I'm all excited, and I can't wait. And he looks at me, and he says, Deirdre, that stunk. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith. Dude, he's Ebenezer Scrooge. You know, I don't know what you think about this, but I have found that those moments are more defining for you and helping you improve a lot of times than the ones of the. I don't remember the compliments. You, you ever notice that? Isn't like, that you, funny? Yeah, you don't yeah. remember the compliments. They don't impact you to change. Exactly. That's it's what, the, what yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It's the free The compliments like don't make you change, they just make you doing more of the same. Yeah, correct. So what happens? Ninth grade. Well, and you know what? You're right. And and for me, unfortunately, at that time in my life as a 14-year-old, my, my mom had died suddenly when I was 10, almost 11. So coming off the grieving of that, home life was not great. Mm -hmm. So that that those words just, they devastated me. They didn't make me better. Mm -hmm. They made me retreat, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
And um, I wish I could say I just kind of chalked it off to a bad day or a bad opinion or whatever, but I didn't. And what, what else I didn't do was I didn't take the stage. Like I didn't act. I wouldn't speak in public for 24 wow. years. Wow. 24 years. In fact, when I went and got my master's degree, I have a master's in occupational therapy. My second year, a group of students came up to me and they're like, hey, will you be class president? Will you run for class president? And you know what I said? No. Do I have to give a speech? Wow. And they said, yeah. I said, nope, but I'll be vice president. <laughs> Pull the strings from behind the scenes. And then the president got expelled, so I ended up having to do the darn <laughs> speech anyway. <laughs> so I don't know how that happened. But um, so I, I um, just did everything to avoid it because I never wanted to publicly hear those words, you stink again. Right. right? It was just too humiliating for me. But then, so here's the irony of irony. So then in 2007, I got certified as a fearless living coach. And I started helping business owners, all types of business owners, realtors, financial advisors. I mean, you, mostly uh, professional service providers, right? Mm -hmm. How to get past the fears and excuses that were holding them back in their business. Mm. Okay, so this is the time that my dog decides to play with a squeaky toy. So I'm going to walk over here if we that's have, okay. I love that's that. Okay. We have our own sound effects. Yeah, we have our sound effects. And effect. I'm going to share my dog, and you cannot yeah, play with this Yeah, please show us your dog right because we're we, we dog okay, hold lovers. On. So we want to see Faith? this dog. Can you see her? Where, where is she going? Hold on. Look, Evie. There. Uh, you, can you see her? Wait, is her name Evie? That's okay. my mom's name, Evelyn. Is it? Yeah, we call her. Yeah, that's my dog's name. Well, I call her and mom, here, but people my, call her Evie. My daughter's going to take, can you take her out? Because I'm being interviewed. And yes. Thank you. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm coaching others. And then, you know, when you start your business, everybody has an, an opinion on what you should do in order to grow your business. And of course, stayed paid. I don't know if you were around at the time. That would have been the best thing to do. Mm. But the second best thing that people were telling me to do was to go out and speak. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 I don't need to do that. But I like to walk my talk. So how can I coach you, Luke, or you, Josh, and getting past your fears and excuses, and I won't do the biggest thing that scares me? Mm. That doesn't work. Amen. Huge. Right? It's not an integrity. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do the speaking thing. And um, and I did. And we'll talk a little bit what helped me do it, because that's going to that's gonna be some of the strategy that I give to your listeners. But I, I got out there, and I did it. And I found over time that I actually, and I did it really scared, and I, did, I had courage, but I actually started getting good at it. And I started getting a lot of compliments. I started getting paid to speak. But what I wasn't getting was I wasn't bringing in clients. Mm. That really bothered me because I knew there were other people who were successful speaking and bringing in clients and leads. I just didn't know the formula. And so I, I studied with a guru to get really good at keynoting. And then I studied with a guru to get really good at kind of back of the room sales. And um, I evolved. I got so excited by what I was learning and the results I was getting, I started teaching the clients that I had who were my fearless living clients some strategies they could use when they spoke. Well, they started getting these amazing results. I had one client who brought in 103 new patients, a chiropractor, husband and wife, wow. from one 60-minute talk. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Now, that's a, a Weight Watchers result not typical. But let's talk about this uh, a little bit, right? Because yeah. um, yeah. people are scared of public speaking. They don't see the number one question we get from the audience all the time as business owners. How do you get a consistent lead flow coming into your business so you can scale that and you can live what we call as a life of freedom? Because when the leads are coming in, man, it's awesome. You know, it's when they dry yes. up. Everybody's looking for creative ways. Well, public speaking is not only a skill set like you think a um, real estate agent, you have a listing presentation. 
that you're going to mm-hmm. give. Yep. You're going to be public speaking yep. there in that listening presentation. You know, financial yes. advisors are doing seminars. Real estate agents can do seminars. Yes. I don't know if this chiropractor, if that's what he was doing, a seminar. That's what he was doing. But yep. walk us through what do your typical clients do to generate leads, public speaking? What does that look like? There is a science behind this. This is not a, oh, I'm charismatic. I'm just going to get up and speak and speak from the heart <laughs> and people are going to flock to me. Be authentic. Okay? <laughs> I wish it worked so that way. So first of all, no. it does not, it does not, it does not work that way. And in fact, I was leading a conference call with a group of clients this morning and I said, let me tell you something. I never want to hear from your unscripted heart. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great line. Hashtag that. <laughs> I never want to hear from your unscripted heart. <laughs> when people say I'm going to speak from the heart. I just want to speak from the heart. What does that mean? That means I'm going to ramble. Right. And I'm going to make no sense. And I'm I'm going to like to listen to myself talk. And I don't really care what you think. That's what that means. Okay. Mm. So you can absolutely speak from the heart, but be scripted so that it's enjoyable and leads to a logical conclusion for your audience. And so that's the first thing. There, there's a way to open. There's a way to transition from point to point. There are specific stories you have to tell in specific spots. There's a way to transition into the offer. There's a specific way to make the offer so it's irresistible. And then there's a way to close. And then there's a way to sign people up on the spot. There's an entire formula and science behind having to do this. And so if you have done this before, if you're a real estate agent or you're an advisor and you're like, I've heard that speaking in seminars can be great and I've tried it and I get no results, I promise you it's just because you don't know the formula. You just need to learn the formula. Now, how did you find this formula? What, what uh, led you to this formula? I decided that there was no way I was just going to get up there and speak. I didn't think that would be effective. I wanted to find a way to structure my message. And so I found a, a gentleman who became my mentor and is now one of my colleagues and a friend now by the name of Craig Valentine. And I just did everything he said. I followed everything he said. I did everything that he wanted me to do in terms of how to structure the message because I figured he knows what he's doing. He's already an incredible coach and a keynoter. And so how bad can I be, right? It really helped me get over the fear of speaking, knowing that I had a process to hang on to. Mm. And, and that's what I credit much of my success as a keynoter and trainer to is having a process. Then I was out there for a while and I'm like, well, this is great. I'm keynoting, I'm getting paid and like people are loving it, but I wasn't bringing in clients. So I knew there was something missing from my training. So I started doing some more work with him. I started finding a couple other gurus and experts, and I started incorporating what they were telling me to do. And so over time in my system, the Crazy Good Talks Blueprint, I develop a system where it's a one-stop shop where you can go and learn how to be a great keynoter or great trainer, but you could also learn how to be an everyday marketing seminar presenter and how to bring in leads from the back of the room. And I love that. So can you walk us through the high level of what the blueprint looks like? You know, so if I'm a financial advisor right now listening to this or a real estate agent, yep. and I'm about to go give a presentation, you know, mm-hmm. what is the, the roadmap of the blueprint? Obviously, we can't go into every detail and everything. We don't have enough time, yeah. and I want people to check out your site and stuff. But can you walk us through the, the formula of what your blueprint looks yeah. like at a high level? So, so the first thing is whenever you and, – and I'm going to use the word presentation very generously. To me, anytime you're talking to three or more people – for any length of time, I don't care if it's a one-minute elevator stand up at a Rotary Club and introduce yourself. It's a five-minute, you know, welcoming clients to a client appreciation event, or it's a full-on sixty-minute presentation. You should treat that as a speaking gig. Mm. That's a bona fide speaking engagement. So, anytime 
you're talking to three or more people for any length of time and your goal is you want them to buy into you, your products, your services, your ideas, that's a speaking engagement. So the first thing is recognizing not to be cavalier. Most real estate agents, most financial advisors are too cavalier when they get up to speak. They don't realize that every time you open your mouth, it's an opportunity to totally shine or be utterly unremarkable. Explain, like you're saying, like they don't, they don't, they're not taking it seriously enough. Yeah, super okay. cavalier. They're they're rushing to a networking meeting. Oh, what am I going to say when I stand up to introduce myself today? Oh, mm. I'm going to do it like I did every other week, and like every advisor or realtor does it. Hi, I'm Deirdre Van Ness. I'm a financial advisor with XYZ Company, and I love to help pre-retirees and retirees live their best life. Come on, <laughs> right? That's unremarkable. So you have to realize that at that moment, when you stand up for one minute, the one person who could use your services could have been in the room mm, and probably is in the room, but you didn't say anything to captivate them. Mm. So you missed out. More opportunity is lost because people are too cavalier and they don't take this seriously than, than I'd even want to like know about because it'd be depressing. Right. That's great. So, Right. So the first thing is to take this seriously. The second thing is you got to ask yourself when you're preparing a presentation, what, how do I want my audience to feel, think and act differently as a result of spending time with me and listening to me? And then you've got to reverse engineer the entire presentation to meet that objective. Most people ask themselves the, the question, part. what do I want to say? Right. Sorry, Josh, what'd you say? No, I said for you reverse engineered, not to miss that point, reverse engineer from the action. What's the in, in, intended or the expected result that I want? And then reverse yes. engineer back to that say. Yeah. So if you know, so let's take the chiropractor example, just because I, I gave that example of 103 new patients. Okay. So if they know they want to persuade people that the best way to um, absorb proper nutrition is to work with a chiropractor and, and work on their neurological system, right? Then, and then what they want people to do is to sign up for a, um, let's just call it for now, a new patient exam. They've got to build their whole presentation on that premise. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It can't be an add-on. What, what many real estate agents do and what many financial advisors do is they do a presentation that's one part education and then one part sales pitch. So now that I've taught you something, let me give you the pitch. And there's not a connection between the two things. Hmm. And so nothing happens. The presentation has to lead to the logical conclusion of, oh my gosh, I got to meet with this person. I want, I want to know about what they're doing. I want that result that the stories they told me about in the presentation gave me. Hmm. So that's the starting point. Then you must open with what I call a bang. You have to open in a way that immediately grabs their attention away from their phones and away from them thinking, hey, what's for dinner? And when is this over? <laughs> Onto you. So what are some examples and of that? It, so an example of that would be, okay, so I'm just thinking of one of my clients. Her name is, her name is Kay and she's a um, health insurance agent. So she does these presentations on Medicare. Not super exciting, right? <laughs> But you can make Medicare really, really interesting. And, and, and so one of the things that she opens with is, look, let me think exactly how this goes. Um, it goes something like this. She gets up and she says, cancer, 
Alzheimer's, diabetes. Are these the things that are keeping you up at night? Yeah. And that's her opening line. Right. It draws everybody you think in. That when, I do a, when I do my one of my signature talks, my opening line is raise your hand if you never want your audience to look like this. And then I put a slide of a really bored audience on. <laughs> and everybody laughs and raise their hands. Right? Right, right. So so asking a question is one of the best and simplest, most foolproof ways to open a presentation to get people engaged and and locked and loaded on you. And and here's the thing I think most people don't realize you have five to thirty seconds to grab your audience. And if you don't grab them, you're going to work doubly hard to win them back because they'll tune you out. But if you get them in the beginning, they're likely to stay with you for the entire presentation. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So, so that's just one, that's just, that's one thing. I've had clients, I have two clients, two advisor clients. Um, their names are Gary and Todd. And a couple of years ago, they called and they said, Hey, we do these seminars. I think it was like once a quarter to this one, um, big corporation in Minneapolis where we live. And they said, we've been doing these for years and we know we could be doing better. We want more appointments set out of them. Can you come and watch what we're doing? So it was a Tuesday. So I go and I watch them. And afterwards we debriefed. I had a laundry list of like 20 things they need to do to, to take it to the next level. They're giving the same exact presentation the next day on Wednesday to an almost identical audience. So obviously we don't have time to change 20 things in one day. So we changed one. We changed the opening. They opened with the bang. And do you know, on day two, they got twice the number of appointments as they got on day one. That's incredible. Yeah. And that's all they did. Yeah. Wow. So you've, you've got the, uh, you've grabbed their attention, right? You've reverse engineered from the action that you want them to take all the way back to how you're then presenting the information. You also talk about converting them, I think, on your blueprint, like converting them on the spot. How do you ultimately get someone from absorbing, understanding the information, getting them towards the result that you want? And like even yeah. in the example of the chiropractor set an appointment with me, where's the conversion point in a, okay, in so a presentation in an audience like that? So it starts, this is what most people don't understand. They'll say to me, well, just tell me the close. And I'm like, there is no, there is no close. The whole presentation is a beautiful orchestra and symphony. Um, you, you were talking about how words matter. Your words are an asset. Like if they're strategically aligned, a speech is an asset. It is not just a bunch of words and random ideas thrown together. It's an asset. I have one client, Mike, he's been doing this college planning seminar um, that we worked on eight years ago. And he sent me an email and said, I've, I've generated north of $2 million in revenue from that one presentation. Wow. It's an asset, right? Because the words and the ideas are strung together in a way, and here's what it is to answer your question, then we can get more granular, Josh, if you'd like. But from a big picture, the words and the assets have to lead people to the logical conclusion, I want that result too. Mm. Mm. So the whole presentation is about teaching great content, but then telling stories like I'm telling you right now. I'm, I model what I teach. So I've told you a number of stories. I told you about Gary and Todd. I told you about the Weight Watchers Not Typical, Matt and Becky. I told you about Kay, right? I just told you about Mike. So see how I'm weaving stories into my examples? Mm-hmm. And it you're like, wow, so much, wow, right? It builds so much trust. How do you know? Here's a question I have for you is because, you know, I think about our presentations and our webinars. How do you know when you need to stop speaking and like almost like stop talking and shut up because you got them? You know what I mean? It's like you ever notice that like in a presentation or something with a salesperson or whatever it is, it's like they got you. 
and now's the time to buy. Like now's mm. the time to ask him for the order. And because that's you, a really good how, how do you how do you know? You know why it's probably a good question? Because it's a question I've been asking myself. <laughs> like I know, like I, I'm just sharing with the audience. Like we do webinars all the time, but I can't see the crowd. Yeah. Right. And I can it is so hard to feel when I'm presenting to to a webinar, you know, audience. And there might be hundreds of people on this thing, but I know I've got them at one point. Mm-hmm. And when I say got them, I mean that in a good way. Like I know they, yeah, they believe no. they want to buy. They they yeah. are like, let's do yeah. this. But I don't know when. And so if I keep talking, you lose them. And I experienced this as a real story for everybody. Remember 10X, Josh, with Russell Brunson? Yeah. With the Russell Brunson was sharing, and we should have Russell Brunson on. We'll tag him in this podcast. But oh, yeah, you he should. was sharing. <laughs> and he, this guy's an incredible, like, presenter that gets you to close. Yeah. He closed, he holds the record. Yeah, yeah. He closed like $3 million in 60 minutes or something like that. Yeah. But is he over Tony Robbins? Cause I know Tony Robbins did something spectacular. Not too far. Off. I, I don't, I actually ago. don't know. I don't I know. I, he, researched he tried to break the record. He actually had Guinness okay. world record people. Russell Brunson did at the last, at the last growth but he, this guy closed $3 million That's worth impressive. of sales from one presentation, from one presentation, from one 60 presentation. in 60 minutes. Yeah. And I experienced, I think it was the most paper apps in a single, it probably was something like that. Yeah. But the wow. second one, he presents at the second 10 X and he presents one evening. His sound had messed up the first time. So they gave him a second shot in the evening. Yeah. This and is true. This was oh, yeah, an this. incredible presentation guys like yep it josh and i were at the moment of buying and this was a twenty thousand dollar ask yeah it was twenty thousand this was a boot camp to learn how he gives his own webinar and i remember being at the moment Luke of buying, and i looked at each other we're, we're like, looking at each other going should this? we buy this but then what happened was he kept going and then he brought mm. up a friend of his to also go with him and he totally lost us yeah it that like you felt the emotion in the room go from a hundred to zero in a matter of five minutes. It was wild to experience. It was mm-hmm. like a great yeah. lesson in like, and I know I've done that before, and, and people listening yeah, yeah. have probably no, I done think it. We all have. Like, what what's your experience there? Like, what what do you? Gosh, you know what it is. When I think about it, it's like Thanksgiving dinner. It's like. He had you, you were feeling really good. You had a room left for pie. And then all of a sudden you ate that extra piece of turkey and there's yep. no room for pie. That's right? exactly what like happened. Just, for me, it's an extra double stuck. egg. I love <laughs> double eggs. An extra double egg. Oh. Exactly. Oh, I'm so hungry. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm going to have to start noticing that. I don't know that. I think you, I think you know when you know, but I don't know how to describe when you know. Yeah, it's a great, it's like I've been trying to figure it out myself. And if anybody who's listening to this, one of the members of our Stay Paid tribe out there, if you guys have figured this out when you're doing presentations, please, you know, comment, let us know, DM me on, on well, Instagram or whatever. Because yeah, definitely. it's like I want to hear what people's opinion are. Because when do you know when to shut up? Right. When do you know to go for the close and you don't have to tell another story? You don't have to. I, I think if, if you're if you're structuring it like uh, Deidre's talking about, you know, or Deirdre, sorry about that. I said, okay. I said Deidre in the beginning. Kevin's like, no, it's Deirdre. I'm like, yeah. oh, sorry, Kevin. Yeah. Kevin's and now got, you're confused. Kevin's like, Wait, got which your one back. Was it? Now yeah. I've got two days. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if, if you are focused on, on structuring uh, and, and working backwards from the result, I think that's going to help you definitely get a lot closer to knowing um, uh, and you're not going in cavalier about it. Like, and you're practicing it. Like you're, I hate to say you're going to know it, but you are in a well, way. Well, here's what I have. Here's it. what I, apply. I would say practice. Number one is the most 
probably the best way to prevent that. Yeah, practice, practice it, run through it, yes. go through it with somebody else. And it's in a structure format. Like for me, what I do so everybody can know, okay, where we're not just leaving you hanging. Like what I try to practice is go, have I presented what uh, Deirdre's talking about? Have I presented logically of why someone should buy, emotionally connected them with stories right? To, to build that trust, to make it not just about myself. And then remember the statement features tell, benefits benefit sell. sell. Right. And the idea is at, at what point, right? At what point do I need to shut up? Well, the point I need to shut up is the point that have I logically explained how I can solve, well, have I set up the pain point? Have I logically explained what I do can solve this pain point? Have I proven that through trust? with stories. And then, you know, at that certain point, once you've done that, you don't have to reiterate like QVC a million and one times. Correct. You, you can literally bring it to a close. And if you've done your job, you know, emotionally, and there's so much more intricate details in there, but if you've done that, you just got to, you got to go for it. And then you realize if you don't get the closing rate you deserve, it wasn't because you didn't add on an extra feature. It's because you didn't open with the bang or you didn't build enough trust through the stories. You didn't describe the pain point in a way that you're audience can connect with it and feel like, yep, I've been there. I've done that. What is it that Russell Brunson said? It was really powerful. He said, people have to overcome intrinsically what, like they, when they want to buy a product, they intrinsically go, hey, I can't do this because something's blocking me internally from doing it. Their right. belief, their ability, then they have to overcome external. external. Yep. So, uh, my manager won't let me do it. My partner, I got to talk to them. And once you tip those dominoes, then you There's got no that, objection. Yeah, left. you got that person in the place where they want to buy. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. that's yeah. some of the things that no, I, I think look it's at. good. Well, and I think part of it is is cueing in on people's body language and sort of are they how they're responding, yep. what they're saying. I mean, I think that that's part of that. So part of it is in the moment, being intuitive with that. So I think it's uh, how do you bring how do you bring an audience back if you see that if you see the body language if you oh, see that's people a great question. if you see people go for their people phones drifting yeah you know you start with a bang so to get their the attention thing. how do you bring them back yeah here's here's what I teach and here's where I'm a bit different than say the typical um, webinar selling type of speaker or the big you know uh, sell from the stage for a lot of money type of speaker my clients so I am a keynoter okay. right and a trainer so companies hire me to come in. And, and teach and do keynotes and do trainings. And so I personally, and when I teach my clients, I also, I, one of the big things that I like to instill in them is that your audience needs to be glad that they spent an hour with you. So one of my goals when I speak is even if someone never looks at my name again, I want to know that I did not waste their time, that I added value to their life because they will never get that back. Mm. Time is the only thing that we can't get back and it's precious. And there's so many things that someone could be doing. So coming from that framework, when I personally speak and I teach my clients to speak, we're also, I'm also teaching them to give real content that will help people change their lives. It is not just about a sale and most financial advisors and realtors do not want to come off as salesy. Oh, mm. definitely. Most experts don't we, want to come. We off get yelled at by some of our real estate clients. They say we are not salespeople. <laughs> yeah, I know, but you are. Oh, well, if you're listening, to you this, are. You are a salesperson. You are. Everybody's and, a sales. If you're breathing, you're a salesperson. But and you're so, a sales so the, professional. Professional of yes. that word means something. Totally it means you got to right. practice. Totally you got it. You got to practice your public. Your speaking. You know what I mean. You got to. Yeah. You got to train. So here's the deal: when you're when you're setting it up, when you're making points about something. 
with story, but you're also giving them tactical, practical strategy they can use their use to change their life. It's kind of hard to go over the line because they're they're getting a lot in this relationship. Does that make sense? It's not just really, story yeah. after story after story about right. why you should buy something. It's actual strategy. So, for example, I gave you real strategy about opening with a bang and and, and a question. I'm not just sitting here giving you stories about why what I'm doing is so great. I'm giving you tangible content. Right. So how does, does someone sense? absolutely yeah. so we we've got we've we kind of went over the presentation itself, but I'm a real estate agent, I'm a financial advisor, yeah. I'm an insurance. How do I get in front of an audience? What are some ways yeah. that, that they can get in front of an audience to craft this presentation that we okay. spent time talking about? Can I answer can I go back a step and answer the question you asked me about if someone starts to tune out? What do we Oh I'm sorry, we never answered that? that one. No, that's okay. That's all right. Josh okay. started tuning out. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Look, I, I am Josh, a, I'm yeah, a, Josh, I am a squirrel chaser. Yeah. If I see something else, Shiny I have idea. another thought. That's awesome. Oh, totally. Okay, so here's the thing you have to know: adult learners can pay attention for how long? Would you guess? Uh, eight minutes. I was going to say seven seconds. Yeah, it's like seven to ten minutes if they're interested in the content. Okay. Good job, Josh. So knowing that, very good. Knowing that. You have to keep the energy moving and shifting in the room at least every seven minutes. I like to do it every three to five minutes. You've probably heard the term growth hacking, but what does it mean? Simply put, it's about growing your business in a huge way in not so huge amount of time. It's been a way of life for Twitter and other tech companies who've used it for huge success. But while growth hacking isn't some magic formula that will work for all businesses, you can use some of these methods to create scalable growth in your business. To learn more, go to ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking and download our Relationship Marketer's Guide to Growth Hacking. That's ReminderMedia.com slash growth hacking. Don't wait. Take action on this today. You have to appeal to them in different ways and present the content in a different manner every three to five minutes. So I created a formula how to do that. You want to know what the formula is? Yes. Okay. So it's called, the acronym is CETA, C-E-T-A. So the first thing you want to make sure, and it's not linear. These, these are like the ingredients of a smoothie. Think about that all blended <laughs> together. Gotcha. Okay. So let's say you're doing a 60 minute presentation. In a 60 minute presentation, you're likely going to have an opening, an offer, a closing, and then you're going to have time for probably three main points, 10 minutes per point. Okay. Each main point would have CETA repeated three times, okay? Mm -hmm. So let's say I'm doing a presentation on storytelling, on the importance and how storytelling will allow you to connect with your audience or your, your, your prospect in four minutes or less. And one of my main points is why. Why will storytelling allow you to do that, okay? I'm gonna use the CETA formula to structure and write that point. So I'm gonna make sure I'm conversational in nature. So here, how this, this conversation is conversational. I'm using the word you. I'm not saying everybody, anybody. I'm not saying the word we. I'm actually talking as if I'm speaking to one person. Hmm. You always wanna be talking from the stage as if you're only talking to one person. Because everybody is an individual. It's not a bunch of people together. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. awesome. And so, so if you want your audience to feel like, oh my gosh, Luke was talking right to me or Josh was talking right to me, one of the ways to do that is to use the word you, 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 you. You're looking at everyone, but you're speaking as if you're only talking to one person. That's great. Okay. You want to avoid industry jargon. Avoid jargon. With my financial advisors, I really got to like hit this with them because it's such a jargony industry. Don't use jargon. Hmm. Right. Talk in pillow talk. 
Pillow talk is the is the conversation spouses would have when they go to sleep at night or wake up in the morning about their challenges. You want to use the real words your clients are using. Yeah, okay? it's a golden nugget. And you want to... Yeah. And then you want to be very like informal. You don't want to be using these words. You want to speak like you speak, not like you write. <laughs> okay. So be conversational. E is you want to provide people with an experience. Okay. And an experience means you would tell a story. You might do an activity with them. You might have an analogy that you use. You mm -hmm. might have a prop. Maybe you show a video. You choose between those five different things and make up your own if you want to, but you're, you're using those in and out of the point and in and out of the other points. Hmm. And that's moving the energy. The T is what I call thinking. You want to get your audience thinking about themselves and their life as it relates to the content that you're teaching. So have you ever heard a speaker who you felt like was talking just about themselves and you're like, dude, I'm glad you think you're so great, but what does this have to do with me? Have you yeah. ever heard yeah. that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. What they did. And, and, and it's, and it's a paradox because when we're speaking, it is usually from our experience and our stories are about us, but we have to make our stories about our audience and our experience about our audience. So the way to do that is to pepper in what I call thinking questions. And I'll give you an example. So I just did it now. I said, have you ever heard, a speaker speak and you felt like they were just talking about themselves, right? That question I just asked you was an example of a thinking question. I got you thinking about your own life and you interacted with me. That's mm -hmm. great. Earlier on when I told the Mr. Smith story and I told you that he said, you stink, I said, has that ever happened to you? And then you were like, yeah. And then we started joking about Josh, right? See how we interacted there? <laughs> we're always joking so I, about Josh. That tends to always happen. I'm used to it. Josh. <laughs> I had a teacher in third grade, by the way, who said, you know, you're so much fun because you're, you're, you take good natured ribbing so well. Yeah, you have to. You have to learn to take a joke. I love that, and though. I think that's so powerful, getting people to think. I, I've always used that tactic when I'm talking to is immediately ask a question to them and start them thinking about yeah. where they want to be yeah. and what they want to do. And then the A, give them an application. Give them something they can use right away, even if they never see you again, to make their lives better. So as an example, what I just gave you and your listeners, C-E-T-A, that's an example of application. The question, opening with a bang, example of application. Pillow talk, application, right? You see I'm giving application yeah. throughout the entire conversation, mm. right? So when you do that, Josh, you will never, I mean, rarely, I, I would like to say never, but of course it can happen. You're not going to have a bored audience. Yeah. I delivered that every a, five minutes. Yeah. I delivered a four-hour training, storytelling workshop for a group of top producing advisors, 400 of them at the end of October. And they stayed with me the entire four hours. And I had, I had advisors who have been in this business for 30 years come up to me and go, oh my gosh, I didn't even look at my phone. <laughs> that's incredible. And, and that's not because Deirdre's this great, like, I mean, I'm energetic, you know what I mean? I have some personality, but nobody can hold an audience that long. It's because of the structure. Yep. It's because of the way the, the words and the ideas are structured. Have you ever and so that's what my clients are able to do too. Have you ever been to a Tony Robbins conference? I haven't. One of my best friends just got back and she's like, Oh, you, you got, gotta you go. gotta go. It's Cause insane. like he, he'll speak for eight hours and he uses like everything. But the, when you're going through what, how did you pronounce it? Sita? 
Sita, C-E-T-A. Yeah, yep. Sita. Like, he'll use that. I, like, as you're saying that, I go, yeah, he, he does that. That's what he does. But he yeah. even uses, like, the experience. He uses music. He uses applauses. Yep. Interactivity. He uses role, interaction. Role play. Interaction right? between. Role plays. Yep, role play. Yep. And he, it's one. just amazing. Yep. And the moment he feels the energy dying in the room, yep. he will just, like, boom, just, like, freaking Bam. change it, start clapping. Yep. The music will come on loud. And he's like, we got to get the energy back. And it's amazing because you're listening to someone speak for six hours, and you're like, this is incredible. Yep. This has flown by because he's kept you yeah. engaged the whole time. The, the best thing, the simplest thing I can tell you to do is, is come up with some sort of question to ask them. Yeah. Or have them jot something down and then have them talk to a neighbor or, or share with the group what they just what they just wrote down. You'll shift the energy right away, and it's a pretty simple way to do it. Yeah, that's a great tip. That is an awesome tip. All right, so, Deirdre, I got to ask you. All right, what else? So yeah. I, I got to ask you this is that, you know, so we're, you know, junkies for self-development here, right? And we, Me too. We, yes, yes. So always sell. I speak of Tony Robbins, right? It's like, how do we get. He's in that vein. Of yeah, he's in that vein. Yeah. He's like the disciple lead disciple <laughs> self-development if there's such a thing but i'm curious like your routines that you've implemented in your life because we didn't really even yeah. get into like you've built a business right you've built this yeah. whole consulting business for yourself so you're an yeah. entrepreneur you're an investor yeah. all these things what yeah. are the things that you do to drive success in your life early on i decided yeah god is my chief marketing officer so I've never heard that before. This, I like that chief marketing. You officer. like that? <laughs> so we kind of made this deal. If you can make a deal with God, I was like, okay, God, um, I've heard I make a deal with the devil, but not. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, all right, God, I will turn over all the stones. I'll be out there. What I call turning over rocks, turning over rocks, turning over rocks, planting the seeds. And then your job is to bring it to harvest. That's awesome. And yeah. And so really, um, so, uh, a lot of prayer, uh, a lot of scripture, you know, reading the word and, and, and really, um, one of the things I've had to do is rewire my brain because I, I, uh, like a lot of people, I had a, 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 some very tough parts of my childhood mm. where some really negative ideas about who I am got ingrained, right? Mm. Which I'm sure many people, and you might be able to relate to yourself. And I had to rewire my brain. And, and so one of the ways I did that was I have this great scripture, this great book that puts all these scriptures together in like, um, topics like, Love, anger, encouragement, confidence, scared, whatever, right? Um, and I just started claiming what God said was what about me rather than what I what the bad messages I've been told about me. Nice. And so I would just wash my brain in the truth of who God says I am rather than wh what I thought I was or what other people told me I was. That's awesome. And that's been a huge yeah, that's been a huge practice for me. Um, so that's a big piece. The other piece is I made a decision when I started my um, my practice, my, my fearless living practice that I was going to do whatever it took to help other people and to be successful in my business. And so when there were, and I wasn't going to let my feelings drive my action. Hmm. I had been notorious for someone who had let their feelings drive their action. And when I decided to become a fearless living coach, I made a line in the sand and I was like, okay, Deirdre, if you're going to do this and you're going to be successful, cause I had some other businesses that failed which was embarrassing. It was a hit to my self-esteem. It cost money. I was like, okay, I'm going in one more time. And the investment business has fortunately always been so successful, but the business where I'm like a professional service provider, right, which is different than being a landlord and investing in real estate. Right. Um, I, I knew that if I was going to give it one more shot and put my name behind this, I couldn't, I, I had to take it like so seriously. 
And so one of the rules I made for myself is that I wouldn't let my feelings run the show and I would, I would do the thing. And so there were days early on when I didn't have a lot going on and you got to like drum up the momentum, right? And I could either go to take a nap on my couch, which was really tempting, or I could make one more call. And so I'd sit there and I'd be like, oh, and then I'd be like, Deirdre, you promised you would do whatever it took. So is lying down, taking a nap going to get you closer or is making the call going to get you closer? And then I, and I'd say making the call and then I'd make the call. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, And over time... It, you, you build this momentum, right? You know, you're entrepreneurs, you build this momentum to where I couldn't take a nap if I wanted to, probably at this moment, because <laughs> that is what happens to I mean, you, right? Yeah. Which is awesome. There's a, there's a lot going on. So that's that. And then, oh, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And then there's one more thing after that. Here's the other thing that has been hugely helpful is I let myself quit my business for a day. That's interesting. So yes, when I feel sorry for myself, and fortunately I haven't felt sorry for myself in quite a while. But there were many years where I felt sorry for myself. And I'm like, I'm done. So much easier to just punch the clock, right? Get a paycheck. Right. Why am I doing this to myself? I would let myself quit. I would literally quit my business or I'd fire myself for the day. And I'd go off in this fantasy of what it would be like to be an employee, knowing that the next day I had to hire myself back again. Mm. And usually by the end of that day, something great happened and I was really excited to jump on the bandwagon and I was back at it the next day. And that, that's made a really big difference for me it's, doing that. It's kind of like a one. cheat meal yeah. when you're, you know, a gym maniac and these yeah. people that do these extreme diets and stuff, they give themselves a cheat day yeah. where they just binge McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's pizza, pizza yes. all that stuff. And then, and then they're back on it the next day. They're back on yeah, it. There is that one. That's cool. That's it awesome. was great, and it made me realize that under no circumstance do I think I can ever be an employee. Like, I think I'd be the worst employee there is because I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years, right? So yeah, that alone kind of kicks my butt. Yeah, yeah, that kicks my butt and makes me go, all right, make that call. Um, and then the last thing is um, there is a spoken word. May I share what it is that I love? Absolutely. It's, uh, you can find this on iTunes, anywhere you kind of listen to music. Let me just pull it up. Um, you would look under – hold on. Do like the Jeopardy music while I'm just finding the exact name. Uh, let's see if I have. Here, I've got sound effects for Because, of course, I have this to memory. My, ma- my brain is blanking right now. Oh, I thought um, we would have timed it perfectly. Okay, hold on. No, no, I'm like having like a brain, like a senior, like my first senior moment. Oh, here we go. Okay. It's called um, Fearless Motivation. I didn't come this far to only come this far. Mm-hmm. So... Um, before I get up to deliver a presentation, I have what's called my energy protection plan, EPP, energy protection plan. When you are presenting, you have to protect your energy. So at a minimum, one hour prior, I turn off, my phone goes on airplane mode. I will not look at email. I will not look at text. I will not answer a phone call, nothing, because my energy needs to be there and present for my audience. Mm. And if I'm doing a presentation in the morning, I won't look at anything that entire morning. Like I'm, I'm locked and loaded. So I do that. Um, I do my prayer. Uh, I listen to this fearless motivation, which is, it's a, it's like a three minute spoken word on growth and excellence and just living to your full potential. And it just, this guy's voice is amazing. So it totally amps me up. That's awesome. Um, and then I listen to cool music and then I always say this prayer, Lord, please let me forget myself, remember my words and bless my audience. Hmm. And, um, that just puts me in the, you know, I love the airplane mode trick. That's such a great trick. Uh, yeah, Cause how many fantastic. people 
I mean, even before this podcast, sometimes I'll look at an email I or know, I'll dude. see a message. It sucks you dry. Yeah, and and it, well, no, it does. It just it gets you thinking. Yeah. Like now, all of a sudden, your mind's on that problem. Yep. And exactly. how are you to stay focused on what you're here to deliver to your audience or with your guests? It's a great tip, right. even for when you're meeting with your peers, your employees. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. not. It's not that you put your phone on airplane mode, but being present yeah. in that moment is so hard. It's so hard to be present. Yes. Practicing the art of presence is, is so difficult. All right, I just got to ask oh, you, I because I, I yeah. love your energy. What would you go back Thank and you. tell younger Deirdre? You know, what would you go tell her? What advice would you give her? Yeah. You know what I'd give her? How far back are we going? Well, you Let's choose. go back to that ninth grade. Yeah, ninth grade, eighth oh, grade. Oh, yes. Ebenezer yes, Scrooge. Honey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So... I would tell her, you know, I would tell her something I mentioned earlier. I would tell her that it takes courage, not confidence to be successful. Mm-hmm. If I knew that back then, and if I knew that in my teens and twenties, I would have made many different decisions than I made. And I would have not held myself back in so many, many areas that I held myself back in. Because I really believed and was waiting for confidence. The reason I didn't take the stage for 24 years is there's the voice in my head that kept saying, well, when you feel confident, then you'll do it. Mm. Right? That never came. That never happened. I failed at those early entrepreneurial pursuits in the, in the 90s because, in the late 90s, because I, I was scared to death to sell. And I thought that I had to be confident in order to ask the selling question. Hmm. You were talking about knowing when to stop, Luke. Forget it. I couldn't even get the question out of my mouth. Like, I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even. It was pathetic. And if I had had courage, things could have turned out a lot differently. I love that. We've got fearless so right I, here on the on the wall yeah. back here. And it's, it's, it's what Deirdre's saying. It's not, about, it's not about knowing that you can do something. It's about willing to be a little fearless, have the courage to... Yep. Just do it. Take action. I tell all my sales guys out on the floor and everybody really in the company, it's like confidence comes from preparation. Yeah. Confidence doesn't, it's not a made up thing. You can't will yourself into confidence. It comes, you know, when you're confident, when you're prepared. It's it's when you know your subject matter, when you have prepared and practiced, you will have confidence in what you're delivering, confidence in what you're doing. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to do a perfect pitch or do a perfect presentation, but you know your stuff. It's when I feel lack of confidence a lot of times it's because I'm not prepared. Um, it's when I feel Well, and here's the other thing. I 100% agree with you, absolutely. And action begets confidence. You take an action out of courage, yes. you have some success, you get more confident. Yep, and the circle awesome. continues. Love that. Right. The bigger thing, though, is even and this 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 has been a practice for my I became a fearless living coach because I had so much fear in my life. I was a client. Okay. And then God, when I was thinking about my next business, God was like, I want you to help other people that way. So that's how I actually became that kind of coach. So I have have a very intimate relationship with fear. Um, But one of the things that I learned and one of my goals in life is to continually push myself to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Because when you can be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's a confidence nobody can take from you. Mm-hmm. That's not situation dependent. Yeah. And growth comes from when you're uncomfortable. 
Like, like the you definition can't... of growth is like something about the uncomfortable. I've, I saw that on a post yeah. the other day. It's freaking crazy. It's like you're not going to grow yeah, you... if you're not uncomfortable. <laughs> no, you can't live a life of comfort and a life of growth. You got to yeah. choose. Yep, you got to choose. You That's... don't. You don't get both. And you're either so growing like or dying, people. Exactly. It was like me. I could lie on the couch or I could make that call. Yep. One is comfort. One is growth. Which one are you going to go for? Yeah, and if you're, if you're a fan of David Goggins, I have a lot of the company listening to his book, Can't Hurt Me. But he, he talks about, like, you know, doing hard stuff. And he's like, stuff is hard. And, and his answer is, do it anyways. <laughs> do it anyways. It's just do like, it. you know what I love about that? And I'm going to cough because I'm overcoming this cold. But I love that it's just like, it's not an eloquent answer. It's not a sales pitch. It's not something motivational. It's basically do it anyways. Do it. It's hard. Do it anyways. Right. And he's right. <laughs> and he's so right. Oh, man. So That's right. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Deirdre. Before we close, let people know how they can find you, how they can find out about Crazy Good Talks. Just my website, crazygoodtalks.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you want to friend me, you know, ask for a connection on LinkedIn, Deirdre awesome. Van Nest, uh, would love to, would love to see you there. Awesome. What can they find on your website? Like, are they, do they book an appointment with you? How do they kind of get in touch with you there? They can find my, my keynotes and my, you know, my keynote topics and, oh, and how to um, connect with my speaker management team. If they're interested in learning how to work with me and learning the structure for the Crazy Good Talks blueprint, then yeah, there's a button for individuals. I give kind of high level of the program. They can book an appointment. Um, I also have something called Crazy Good Talks TV, mm -hmm. which is a series of 26 video episodes with little bite-sized you know, strategies like I gave here today on how to be a better speaker, how to get booked to speak, how to That's sell, awesome. yeah. how to be keynote, all that kind of stuff so they can get that. And they can also see one of my demo speaking videos for um, that people used to hire me. Uh, if they're deciding they're going to bring me in as a keynote. No, I love it. The so, Crazy Good yeah. Talks TV is great. I was watching one about how to craft an elevator pitch. Kevin had kind of sent that one over to oh, us. And it thanks. was just very um, – it's very clear. You know, it's like we talk like – we've talked about crafting an elevator pitch, doing yeah. your value proposition, and it's, and it's a very clear process. You know, you lay it out very clearly. Choose a verb, choose an audience, choose two to three results <laughs> that you want to experience. And it's just, Good. dude, listen to that, and yep. you can write, literally, you could write it two and a half minutes, yep. you'll have an elevator pitch. So, good yeah, stuff. and your most powerful weapon is how you communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my commitment, is that I am all about action. I tell my, when I get hired to do a, a keynote for a company, I say, if, if your people don't walk away with something immediately actionable, you don't pay me. Mm. And so... That's one of my superpowers. We all have a superpower. Mine is taking content, making it simple, and making it engaging and actionable. So that's awesome. my commitment that's... in every uh, episode and every time I speak. I love it because our other picture over here is take action. That's the theme <laughs> of our podcast. So I love it. We are kindred <laughs> spirits. We're fearless, yeah. and we're taking action. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. To dive deeper oh into this God. episode, get all of these links and get the resources, go to staypaidpodcast.com. We'll also have the video to this show. And if you're interested in supporting this show, there's two ways we ask you to do that. You don't yes. have to buy anything. Go check out Deirdre's website. That's step one. Yep. Right? Step two, go over to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave a comment. That helps us get moved up the charts. Yeah, I have to we share personal goals. Yeah, we, no, chart. didn't we hit 22? We hit 22. I thought it was 22, right? Yeah, Ariel's shaking her head. We hit 22 <laughs> on the marketing 
podcast charts. Nice. So we're the number one podcast in the 22, 22nd spot. Yeah, 22nd position. But our goal this year is to Love hit it. the number one spot for a couple weeks. Ooh, so we really need spot. you to share it with friends. The more you share it, the more it gets seen by others. And it's all free. It's just free value. Having superstar guests on sharing their journey and their tips. And we just want to spread the and love. This year, we are going to be loaded with guests. Oh. We are working hard to oh, bring yeah. the absolute best guests on this podcast. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at reminderbeat.com. What? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> by the time we hit number one, I've got to get this closing. Josh can get the outro by the time we get number one, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, my mouth moves faster than my brain. Our email address is podcast at remindermedia.com. Our Instagram handles are at Stay Paid Podcast. You can also find Luke on Instagram. Yes, please do. He is at Luke Acre. And our, uh, the company that brings you this podcast, Reminder Media, we're at Reminder Media on every social media channel. For this episode of Stay Paid, I am Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre, and I want to give you your action item. I love how Deirdre was like, she guarantees an action item from every speaking engagement or you don't no pay money. her. And that's really the passion. That's why we bring you Stay Paid is to give you an actionable tip that you can apply to your business and your life literally tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this, just stop, start applying it and make a difference in your life. And I think the most simple, but I think it's super powerful, is opening up your speaking engagement. And remember, she said three or more people, you're at a speaking engagement, baby. Open up your speaking engagement with a bang. And you can do that so simply by asking a question to the audience to get them locked in on you instead of just immediately fumbling and starting to present and most people fumble around and um, open your speaking engagement with a bang. So sit down and craft what that opening is. Craft what that opening question is, that bang is. If you're not sure what to do, go check out Crazy Good Talks. Because I promise you, you can find some content on there that will help you do that. Remember, guys, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry we work in is top producers take action. So take action on that today. 